the biggest sports stories of the week. So when I get my hair cut, they wax my ears, they wax my nose, okay, and they wax my eyebrows every time I get my hair cut. Okay. I literally have one eyebrow, and I've had people trip over my nose hairs. Okay. It's embarrassing yeah. when someone trips over your nose hair. Yeah, that's that's not, cool. not cool. Unique and compelling analysis and opinions when it comes to your favorite teams. Then he, he said, I don't want to be a bum. He doesn't want to be playing and not be good anymore. And I I think that is a legitimate concern for him. And I think this for year, for Rod. For the MVP yeah. of the NFL again this yeah, year? Right. Is he really going to I think Aaron Rodgers should be in the uh, conversation as well for executive of the year. <laughs> Plus some fun with pop culture. Now, that might be a... is the round, the quarterfinals. That's the metal no, round. Not. No, that's Wait, not can we, do we get Matt, get, call Matt Hamilton right now? Because we got to find out. <laughs> this is Sunday Karma. Well, all I can tell you is I picked way better than you throughout this, Ben. So you got lucky that I have a life and I couldn't get my picks in a few times because I clearly picked way better than you. Now, live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studios at Radio City. The whole, uh, you know, Harper is the co-host. She hasn't been here in a year. She doesn't deserve that uh, love. She should get bumped. Here's GKB founder and CEO, Craig Carmison. Good morning, Kyle. You know what I was doing uh, 25 years ago uh, yesterday? 25 years ago yesterday. Were you having... No. I don't know. I was going to say having the first show, but I don't know when... I actually don't know the date that you had the first Stephen Craig show. No. uh, The first Stephen Craig show was about uh, 24 years ago. August uh, August 3rd. Was uh, the first Stephen Craig show. 25 years ago, I was uh, signing the papers to uh, buy Beaver Dam, the radio stations in Beaver Dam. And uh, this company, uh, then called Good Karma Broadcasting, was uh, born. Oh! So yesterday was our 25th anniversary of it. August 20th. Yep. 1997. Yep, there you go. And... I don't want to give a whole like emotional speech about all that because it's it's not about me. But what I want to do, because I was thinking about it with Albert Pujols, I want to figure out. I was just thinking about like who are like just in the divisions that the uh, the teams play. So Packers, Brewers, Bucks. Who are the players? Because I was thinking it's like pretty much your life. Um, who are the players? Of the Good Karma era, because when I was watching Albert Pujols did do what he did last night, did you see what Albert Pujols did? I did not. What did he do last night? He's been on a tear right now, but yeah, he just—I mean, he didn't have that great a night. Just four for four with two home runs. Oh wow! So he's been—he's so—he's really hot, hot, dude. He's—I mean, insane, right? Like, yeah, he's for to be a fifty-year-old, he's really insane. He, he's supposed to be limping toward the finish line, and. You know, there was no way he was going to get to 700 home runs. And now, with the two last night, he's at 692 home runs. I mean, so, I I don't know. I mean, it almost makes... I'm starting to feel like this is one of those situations where he could play another season, even though he said he's retiring, just so he could, like, pass Babe Ruth and stuff at 714. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he finished. But to me, Albert Pujols might be the guy of the good karma era this last 25 years that I've been living here that is clearly the most dominant, most associated with any single team, right? I mean, so if you look at, and I'm saying like of the teams that the, uh, that uh, you know, the core teams play against, right? If you're talking about Packers division, Brewers division, Bucks division. Let's actually just look at it from a baseball perspective, okay? So, first of all, who's the best Brewer player over the uh, Good Karma brands 25 years? I would, I would say, I would it be Ryan Braun? I mean, I mean, Ryan Braun came in kind of halfway through. See, and I was kind of thinking it's Prince Field. So that was the other one, but, but I, it's. But I don't know. Like, how do you judge Ryan Braun with? The steroid stuff, right? Because isn't that the you know that that really is what probably figures it out, right? Because if you're if you're not if you're saying the steroids don't matter, then I think it is Braun. 
if you're saying it does, then don't you feel like, I don't know. I think then I feel like it's got to be, uh, it's probably has to be Fielder. Will Ryan Braun not get into the Brewers Walk of Fame? I don't know what that is. They have like a Walk of Fame, don't they, where they put the little... Like people get into the Brewers Hall of Fame or Walk of Fame or something like that. Right. I'm saying that. I mean, so, I mean, he if he's going to get in that. Yeah, he, well, if he's going to be in that, then we have to put him in. I mean, Brian Braun spent his entire career with one team, and that was the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a lot of love. But I'm saying through the times of the company, I remember uh, a Yamaka back at the old studio <laughs> yeah. that used to sit inside the old studio right there on 3rd Street. It might have even came from Jefferson. I'm not even sure, Craig. It was, no, no, it was from Jefferson and, Street. So it was a Yamaka, and it, it said the Hebrew Hammer. It was, uh, that was when we had, uh, you know, we did. It was Braun. It was our Braun Mitzvah. So I mean, I would think that I, I don't. I don't recall. You Prince did not Fielder. attend the Braun Mitzvah. I, it did was you? probably before. Was he, it before? It, I, was, it was his rookie year. It was I mean, when we were, the the Braun Mitzvah were for people who had yarmulkes that said Braun for Rookie of the Year. You could. That's what you needed to go. You had to get go somewhere to attend um, to get that. It was actually the first time I ever like met David Gruber. Or at least the first time I really hung with him. Uh, extended time period. Now, uh, well, then he, yeah. Well, there it is. Ryan, just, just for answered, that reason alone. Ryan Braun. Yes. Okay. So now I just pulled up OPS for the Brewers. Um, in uh, let's see. Oh, I gotta make sure it's uh, just since 1997. Now, okay. So from 1997 to now. So you're saying Braun over. I mean, Richie Sexton, Jeff Jenkins. Oh, Richie Sexton was only here. I love, uh, uh, you know, sexy, uh, whatever we call, call them. But he, uh, no, he was only here for like four or five seasons. All right, so Ryan Braun has 122 home runs more than anybody else. So Braun, 352, Prince Fielder, 230, Jenkins, 212, Burnitz, 163, Corey Hart, 154, Weeks 148, Sexton 133, and then Christian Yelich 110. Okay? So, and then if you you look at on-base percentage during that time, Prince Fielder's number one, Yelich is two. Slugging percentage during that time, Prince Fielder's number one, Sexton two, Braun three. So if Prince Fielder's number one in on-base percentage and slugging percentage, you're saying Braun just did it longer, so he deserves the edge? Uh, yeah, Braun spent... played the most games. Braun played seventeen hundred sixty-six games. Fielder played nine hundred ninety-eight. Yeah, so he I'm... only played about half. Yeah, a little less, a little more than half the games. Braun played his entire career with one team, and that career spanned from two thousand and seven all yep. the way into two thousand and twenty. Yep. So I mean that that is a significant the growth that Good Karma Broadcasting, then Good Karma Brands, was all during the time of Ryan Braun's greatness. Okay, and so we're saying, hey, maybe a few home runs here or there, even if you had to take some of those away because of the steroids, he still would be the guy. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yes, sir. I'm with you on that. Yes, sir. All right, so, okay, how about Pittsburgh Pirates? (laughs) Because we said Cardinals, it was very clear it's Albert Pools. Is it McCutcheon? That's the only name I could think of. It might might be Andrew McCutcheon, yeah. Because, uh, because... Barry Bonds was gone already from oh, there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. By the time Barry Bonds, yeah, uh, no. Right? So I was trying to think of who it actually could be, and I was thinking it might be Andrew McCutcheon. So, okay, I pulled it up now. Leading home run hitter of the good karma era for the Pittsburgh Pirates, Andrew McCutcheon. Second place, Brian Giles. Dude, oh, yeah, do you yeah. feel bad for the Pirates that, when, I, when you hear that? That's pretty terrible of a franchise there. And I thought the Brewers sucked when when you took over Jason the company. I thought Jason Bay, our... number three, Pedro wow. Alvarez, Kevin Young, number seven is Garrett Jones. I don't even know who that is with a hundred home runs. Wow, that's pretty pretty bad. Wait, are, but are, is there maybe a pitcher that we're not thinking of? I'm I'm trying to think of a closer that they had. I feel no. I'm thinking of uh, Homer Bailey with the Cincinnati Reds had a pretty decent run. Dude, I, I mean, could that literally be the best the best player? Of that era? I mean, that's... Is that really possible? I mean, he did win an MVP during that time, didn't he? No, I know. So, I mean, he's he's a pretty oh, good did, player. Did he win? Did McCutcheon win I MVP? thought he won one MVP. Maybe not. I don't know. But you know what? I I actually think... Uh, 
I'm with you. He's not a bad player. It's more like what number two and three and all that were like. I mean, because if he didn't win it, it is uh, it is really sad. So wait, let's. Uh, uh, what do you think? Who would you say led the Pittsburgh Pirates in wins in the last 25 years? Pitcher. Yep. Oh, Craig. I, um. I mean, right? I'm with you. Oh yeah. I, I don't. I feel like they had. Did they have a a a, a good? No, I don't know. I was gonna say some good Dominican pitcher, but I don't. I'm trying to recall. Everything goes back to the the Cincinnati Reds that had a pretty decent team back at the in the early 2000s. I don't know. You got to tell me who 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 is it? Wait, was this guy even on their team? Man, oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, the most wins, the most wins for the Pittsburgh Pirates. During the good karma era is 59 total wins. Garrett Cole. Oh, yes. You did play there. Garrett Cole was there from when he was 22 to when he was 26. Garrett Cole was 59 and 42. I forgot about that whole thing. I literally forgot about that Garrett Cole was a Pittsburgh Pirate before he went to the Astros. Yeah, that sucks for them. They and I don't know who they got in that trade, but it didn't work out. I'm not giving that. I'm not giving him over McCutcheon. I mean, he did. That's not enough. No, no, that's, that's not enough uh, time there. McCutcheon did win MVP. All right, McCutcheon. so we got okay. We got Ryan Braun. <laughs> we got McCutcheon. We got um, Albert Pujols, who is where this all started with uh, clearly the most obvious. All right, we got two teams left. We got to slide in here. Uh, who you want to do first, Cubs oh, or Reds? Oh, Reds are easy. Joey Votto. I think so, too. That's easy. Now, there's no pitcher, I think, who's going to top that. Um, do you think there's anyone? I mean, they had some good. Johnny Cueto, he was good. Yeah. But he, I Dude, mean, Johnny longevity. Cueto last night pitched eight and two-thirds innings in a game and, like, threw 114 pitches. He, he was good. He just but, he was, I'm saying, but like, left them but I'm a couple saying, years ago. I don't know if people are allowed to do that anymore. Like, I was impressed. Uh, like, you know, I was like, what? A guy just pitched that much? I didn't know that was allowed anymore. I thought they were like... How many runs did he allow? One. Oh, they let him go. Yeah, they they uh, they were just letting him do his thing. I didn't know... Uh, I mean, I think Tony La Russa may not play by today's rules. Maybe that has something to do with it. All right. So, uh, if you look at, if you look at uh, the Reds, I think you're right. And I think it's going to be a rout. Um, now, the only thing I have to look at is if there's anyone who w- wouldn't have been a home run hitter. Because if you look at home runs, Joey Votto has 342. Adam Dunn, 270. Adam Dunn right there. Ken Griffey Jr., 210. Uh Uh-oh. Kyle, Ken Griffey Jr., someone we need to give some love on this? No, I was thinking Barry Larkin. I don't know when Barry Larkin retired, though. I feel like Barry Larkin played... So, he, play, he definitely played Barry during the Larkin time. Barry Larkin was seventh in run scores during this the good karma era. But when did he retire? Um, he had to retire what, early 2000s, mid, like 2005, 6. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, no, he might have played. 2004. 2004. So he, he just not enough time. Yeah, 97 to 04 was only. So Ken Griffey Jr. was 2000 to 2008. No. Why? How are you going to discount Ken Griffey Jr.? I mean, Ken Griffey I mean, do you remember Ken Griffey Jr. as a Cincinnati Red or as a Seattle Mariner? I remember him. He got hurt a lot with Cincinnati. Yeah, he did. So he, he played half the games that Joey Votto played. Half the games. 342 home runs for Votto, 210 for Griffey. I don't think there's any stat, including stolen bases, that Griffey beats Joey Votto. At. Joey, Joey Votto, 297 hitter, 412 on base percentage. It's a Hall of Famer. Is Joey Votto a Hall of Famer? Oh, he's a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. That's what I was just about to ask. No, Joey Votto, he's, if he wasn't on Cincinnati, which uh, he obviously signed to stay there a couple years back, Joey Votto, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. If he played at another, in another market, he'd be a big deal. He's better than Freddie Freeman. He's better than almost every other he first baseman an, in baseball. He won an MVP. He is a stud. Let's Joey see. Votto is an absolute stud. Let's see here. Hall of Fame statistics. He is the 12th best first base statistics of all time. Absolute stud. And he, and he likes to talk to fans sometimes. I don't know, man. It says his Hall of Fame standards, he's a 42 and an average Hall of Famer is a 50. That means he's at least uh, close. Uh, likely Hall of Famer and Hall of Fame monitor, he's an 89. Likely Hall of Famer is 100. So he's just below that. All right, we got to get the last one in. All right, so Cubs. Who you got on the Cubs? Uh, that one's hard. Right? 
I was thinking of, I mean, is Riz, I mean, I associate Rizzo, but was he, is there someone who was there longer, who was better, like Aramis, Aramis Ramirez, like, I don't know, like who, who would have, uh, so the home run leader, oh, how soon we forget. So, all right, here's your top three home run hitters. Sammy Sosa, Anthony Rizzo, Aramis Ramirez. Who are you going with? So that's that's just home runs. I personally... OPS leader is Sosa of that mix. RBI leader is Sosa. Run scored leader is Sosa. I guess they love Sosa. That's the I'm whole saying, song. I guess it's Sammy Sosa. So, so Sammy Sosa. I mean, again, we're if, if Ryan Braun's in, right? Yeah, Sammy Sosa. I mean, Sammy, the, the the man formerly known as the Black Sammy Sosa. Yep. So say okay. So we have figured out in the Good Karma era, it the signature players of the NL Central: Ryan Braun, Albert Pujols, Sammy Sosa. Um. Wait, who am I forgetting? Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon, and was that it? That's it. Do we include the Houston Astros in this at all? Oh, were they in the division? They were in our division for a while. Yeah. So only for that time. No, I'm forget it. We're, I'm not even. Who, who would that have been? Like Jeff Bagwell? Or they had no. They had school? Craig Biggio. They had Jeff Bagwell. They had some guys. I feel like Jeff Bagwell might have took steroids. I don't know. I, I, what? I, I don't know. I just, it's, that it's is a uh, uh, outrage. What, wasn't there not Craig Biggio, Jeff Bagwell? Wasn't the one that passed away to heart attack? Um, wait. So Astros moved to the American League. Wow, that was only in 2013. So you're right. Wait. So, but they were they were in the Jeff divi- Kent. Did he play for them too? Or no, he no, played for San Francisco. He was like a giant. But wait. So in 2013, at that time, were they still in the Central, or were they were they in like some kind of South Division? What what was? I'm I'm pretty sure that I thought the Astros were in our division this entire time up until. So you're saying like in 2012? Well, remember the Brewers weren't in the American were in the American League at the beginning of the Good Karma era. No, they weren't. Yeah, they were. No, the, the Brewers ninety the, the first year did they switch at the beginning of the Good Karma era? I remember the Brewers' slogan was "We're taking this thing national." So wait, so was that? I feel like by the time so August you August of ninety seven. Was that the last season the Brewers were in the in the AL? Uh, yes, ninety seven was our first year. Yeah, so, so it was it was so it's the last it was the yeah, last the year. So year that was even wasn't even a year. Right. You had two months of the right. Brewers in the American yes, League. That's exactly. two months. Yes, but I, okay. So I'm ending it there. Where it's too confusing. We're not doing a whole AL East because that's what, wait. Who were they, was that still how it was back then? No, they or were AL Central. Oh, oh, no, no. When they the left, day, it was the, they were, yeah. I, that, I'm saying back in the day, was it still the AL? That's pre Kyle Wallace being able to know what the heck is going on. I believe it was still the AL. I think it was the AL Central, wasn't it? Or did that break it up? I thought it was the Central because you had the Twins, you had the White Sox. I'm assuming you had the because team more formerly known as the. Uh, the Natives, yeah. The because uh, back in the day, I'm telling you, back in the day, it when there were just two divisions, it was uh, okay. Wait, if I just look up 1997 AL East, um, let's see. All right, 1997. Um, so standings. Wow, the. Uh, how about the Baltimore Orioles won the ALEs? All right, by then they they were in the Central. So by then there were three divisions. And so the Brewers division was the Cleveland, uh, formerly uh, I-Words, the Chicago White Sox, the Minnesota Twins, and the Kansas City Royals. So remember, so they were in the American League then. So and at that time, you know, right, we said the Astros were in the National League. Then... The Brewers moved to the uh, moved to the National League and ended up uh, now. So. Yeah, in Houston, Roy Ozzel. Wait, so now 2012. Let's say that's the Astros last year. They were in the NL Central. You are correct. It was Reds, Cardinals, Brewers, Pirates, Cubs, and Astros. So you're saying from '98 to 2012. 
the uh, the Astros are actually in that division. And they were low. They had so much talent. But they came in last place that oh, year. Oh, I'm saying they had. So I'm talking. No, I know, but they they won 55 games and lost 107. They sucked. And was then that the, when they were tanking they, they to they get were ba- ready? They to, were bad. Didn't isn't that where we got our guy from? Didn't he come from Houston? Uh, Harvard, Mr. Harvard, Yale, whatever he is, what does Homer call him? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's he came from the Astros organization. They but they were they had some young talent coming and brewing, and it turned it around pretty quickly. David Stearns, yeah. Yes. Um, so guy. wait, so yeah, that guy. Uh, so ninety-seven to two thousand twelve, Astros has to be our last. Uh, I think you're you're right. Ultimately, um, we got to uh, put someone on this uh, good karma era team from here. Craig Biggio's it. Craig Biggio or Roy Oswalt. Because Roy was a beast and Craig Biggio is a Hall of Famer. And his son is probably going to be maybe a Hall of Famer as well. Dude, that's a little strong. <laughs> well, his son is great. Is he great? He's, he's good. I didn't know he was all that. Um, all right, 2012. Here we go. 97 to 2012. Houston Astros. The uh, final spot. Oh, leader in home runs, Lance Berkman. Well, yeah, Lance Berkman was good. Lance Berkman was raking. But Craig Biggio was fa- he's, okay. he was a first ballot, wasn't he? I think he was. All right, runs scored. Biggio, 1,100. Berkman, 1,000. Oh, man, Lance so, was better than I thought. But now, I think it's because Biggio, Biggio only had 10 years in the good karma era here. Oh, that's oh, true. Oh, wait, and, no. and that includes 97, which they actually weren't in the division so we got to make that change that to 98 because the Brewers were still in the uh, AL. All right. So if you actually just take the NL years, Berkman scored more runs than Biggio. Berkman had led them in RBIs, and Berkman led them in home runs. We can go with Lance Berkman, even though Craig Biggio is a uh, he was uh, is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, but not in the good karma era. Uh, we can go, we can go with Lance okay. Berkman. I can do that. So Andrew McCutcheon, Lance Berkman, Albert Pujols. Um, um, Joey Votto, uh, Sammy Sosa, and Ryan Braun. That is your uh, all good karma NL Central division. A little bit of juice there on that list. Yeah, that's that's a juicy uh, NL Central. All right, we we got a we we'll we'll go quick through the uh, and the um. The uh, NBA Central Division, because then Wildy's coming up in less than 10, and we'll have to get uh, into something now with him, I'm sure. It is Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Is there anything more obvious than that Giannis is the uh, player of uh, the, the, the Bucks? I mean, it's not maybe not as dominant as Pujols because he wasn't there for as long. But we're talking players of the last 25 years for each team in the local divisions. Giannis is dominant, right? Yeah, Giannis is easy. Reggie Miller, easy. I, um, did Reggie was Reggie in the league in two thousand and Reggie was five, in the league six, till like two thousand four, two thousand five. Uh, yeah, I would say Reggie's up there. I mean, I'm saying who else for the Pacers? Uh, Nobody. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of. I will have to really think about who would be good for the Pacers. I'm saying I can't think of another Indiana Pacer who had like a. I mean, Paul George, Danny Granger, they have some good. T- I mean, but they're yeah. not. They're not the level. I mean, but during that time. Paul George and Danny Granger led that team, and they were they were formidable. They lost to the Cavs, didn't they? When they uh, was that the or was heat? the Heat? The Heat. They lost yeah. to the Heat. Um, Jermaine O'Neal. Oh yeah, Jermaine he O'Neal. Was he was longer. good. Yeah, You're Ron like, Artest. Oh, now it's all coming back to me. Al Harrington, the Malice in the Palace. Craig has got to be somebody from that team. Miles Turner. My oh no, Same. absolutely not. Not Miles Turner. I would take about, him on the Bucks. How about Roy Hibbert? No, oh Roy Hibbert. What a mm. No, I I I uh, I like the Jermaine O'Neal tip there, even though I feel like Paul George made a bigger impact. Jeff Foster. Okay, now we're just we're just throwing saying. names out there. Rick, Rick Smiths, go ahead. No, Let's that's keep too going. old. Rick Smiths too old. No, he played. He played during the era. Go ahead. Let's do it. Then Mark Jackson. All right. Let's do it. No, I guess you can go Reggie. Austin Crozier. Austin Crozier. I wanted that three point shooter on our team. Jalen Rose. 
Oh yeah, dude. Again, we could just throw names out there. Dale Davis, that. Antonio D- Davis, oh, yeah. Travis Best, yeah, that squad. yeah. Now we doing it. They now we doing it. Yeah, yeah. We can just say names and keep going. I think I'm out of names. Well, I mean, you no. you ran a great list there without having anything in front of you. That's pretty impressive. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, you know who else? He may be older. Jamal Tinsley. Oh, Jamal Remember Tinsley. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't too. Yeah, Tinsley. Yeah, man. That was the Larry Bird coaching yeah, yeah, years, he was wasn't there. it? And then yeah. uh, what's the guy's name that came from Houston? I mean, not Houston, from Dallas. Rick Carlisle Town. Yep. Huh? We never yeah. even said DeMontis Sabonis. Who, you know, had he stayed. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all right, we got Reggie Miller, we got Giannis. We got, is it is it Michael Jordan or Derrick Rose? I mean, oh. Michael only played one year, two years. One year. I mean, I guess you can't go MJ. MJ only had two seasons, if that. I can't say Jordan. You can't say MJ. Well, then, no. I mean, then we got to go D Rose. D Rose is by far, it's not even close. I mean, he won an MVP, but yeah, are you sure there wasn't another? Tyson Chandler. Jimmy Butler? Oh, no. Well, I, guess you, I mean, you could do Jimmy. You can do Jimmy if you want. I'm saying, like, who from the Bulls over the De- last 25 years? D Rose made the biggest impact. He got that team again to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And they lost. All right, so I just pulled this up. Statistically, win share, which is how you rank it, D-Rose is actually sixth. Who's number one? Jimmy Butler is three. Okay. So number one and two, we did not name. I don't uh, you know. Jo- Joakim Noah? Number two. Oh, no, I'm not doing Joakim Noah. He's not on, Joakim Noah's not on this list. I'm mad I even had to say his name, Craig. We don't he, like Joakim because he don't like Milwaukee. He's number two on this list. Uh, Kirk Heinrich is number four. Taj Gibson, number five, the best, most productive Bulls player over the last 25 years. Number one in win share. All right, you want to, should we open this up to calls? Oh, we got to get to Wildy. Should we? I, you can, do, I don't know if you want to do this at seven at 11. Now nah, we could, we could, uh, oh, I got, I got, this gave me a good idea for seven at 11 though. I want to know who number one is. Uh, he went to Duke. Oh, Shane Battier? Nope. No. Who's another? A Carlos Boozer? Nope. Oh, I don't. I, it's definitely not Jay Williams. Um, initials LD. Not Lance Davis. Oh, Luau Dang. Luau Dang. Yeah, no, we're gonna go with we're gonna go with the MVP uh, on this list. Are we list. going? We're gonna go D-Rose? with the, no. We're gonna go with or, D Rose. That, that list that you just ran off, they just happened to be on the team that had D Rose and some with Jimmy Butler. Not that. No. No. I D-Rose. think it's the. I think it's that he played nine seasons, whereas D. Rose played seven seasons and was hurt a bunch. So yeah. Luol Dang played 637 games, where D. Rose only played 406. D. Rose. So I'm he, locking it in. Locking in D. Rose? I agree with you. All right. So we got, all right, can we lock in the whole division then? We got Reggie Miller, D. Rose, Giannis. Um, Detroit, I don't even know. We, I'll, I'll, you know, Detroit. That's got to be Chauncey Billups. Okay. I was going to go Ben Wallace, but okay. Chauncey ben Wallace, Billups. I put right behind him, close. But Chauncey was Mr. Big Shot. But he wasn't even their leading scorer. Wasn't that Rip? That Rip was at times, yeah. I mean, no, like the person who averaged probably the most yeah. points during that time was probably Rip Hamilton, right? Or Tayshawn Tays- Prince. That was, What a great team team. That's a team. Yep. That, I mean, they, remember, they you. took down Kobe and... Uh, and Shaq. I'll give you Chauncey. I'll give you Chauncey. Even uh, though I want to go Ben Wallace. If you're actually going just straight points during that time, uh, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, and Andre Drummond all scored more points than uh, Chauncey. But win share, which is that's that, you know, uh, Chauncey's number one. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll give you Chauncey. Yeah, I'll I give think you Chauncey. Chauncey's just a little more signature. Ben, I mean, Ben Wallace, you couldn't argue with either. I mean, he's. I mean, he's stud. Absolute yeah. stud. But. Okay, so what what team we missed in the division? Uh, Pistons, Pacers, Bucks, Bulls, and is there another oh, team? Cavs. Oh, LeBron. no, the Cavs not in our. The Cavs are in our yes. division. Oh, they sure are. Yeah, LeBron. All right, LeBron. Oh, LeBron. All right, there, there we go. All right, Jason Wildy, we're late for him. We'll get him now. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Jason Wilde is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Craig. How are you? Good. Uh, so uh, coming up with yesterday being the 25th anniversary of uh, Good Karma, we will uh, go through the Jason signature <laughs> players of the NFC North during the uh, Good Karma era. We'll do that coming up. But Jason, wow. Okay. Yes. Uh, you're big unveiling. I know what you've had a lot of time to prepare. Uh, yes, lots. Yes. Yeah, so uh, first, what did we learn now uh, at this last preseason game? Well, we learned that Jordan Love is better. Now, it's interesting because... Better than Jordan however, Love the previous Jordan, week, the previous yeah, year? Jordan, better than Jordan Love a year ago, better than Jordan Love um, that people have come to expect. And so what I think is really interesting, though, is how you view him, the prism through which you view him is largely what your opinion has always been of him, right? And I would like to think that mine is more malleable, and I think Matt LaFleur's has been too, because I think if you gave Matt LaFleur truth serum, and I can tell you this from my perspective is the absolute truth, I didn't think he was ever going to be any good. I really didn't. Like, watching him in his first training camp, I was like, what did they see in this guy? And then last year, I thought I saw a little bit of improvement, but it was so incremental that you were like, God, Justin Herbert's out in L.A. with the Chargers doing way more than this. Like, I just was like. I mean, Joe Burrow's playing in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Right, exactly. And so I I, I just, I didn't know if he would ever do enough for me to say, okay, this guy's got a chance. And what I would say is, based on what I've seen during all the practices, and what I've seen in the two preseason games, uh, where I would say that one of the three interceptions is his fault. I don't think you can absolve him of all three. I think he's shown that he has a chance. He's got a chance to be a good quarterback. Is he yet? No. He's not accurate enough. He's not consistent enough. He's not the next Hall of Famer. He hasn't proven that in the lineage of Favre Rogers. He hasn't proven he's going to be a good starter in the NFL. Frankly, I don't think he's proven conclusively that he's going to be a really good backup in the NFL. What he has proven is there's reason for hope and there is improvement. But and if, if there hadn't point, been improvement this year, that would have been a problem. But if at this point he hasn't even proven he's a good backup for a guy you traded up to pick no in doubt. the first round, and I know that's done, right? So you can't change that, but I, I mean – his contract's going to be coming up. Uh, I guess they gave him the extra guaranteed year from the beginning, though, right? So he he's a year longer than, than most first-round picks? No, he's, he's four years with a fifth-year team option. That is not guaranteed. Oh, okay, they so it's just that they guaranteed his entire four years, which, like, he had a higher percentage of guaranteed money on his four years than, than typically Correct. people would have. That's so, right. So is that fifth-year option... Something that makes sense for a guy who, you know, I know rookie contracts are generally cheaper, but that's that's all of a sudden some real money for a guy that you're saying isn't a guaranteed, like, legit backup in this league. Yeah, I, look, I'm not rooting for Aaron Rodgers to get hurt when I say this. And I, the, clearly the Packers aren't either. But the scenario that I would argue they need is 2007 Dallas. Aaron Rodgers goes in and plays the well as well as he did in a game that actually counted. The teams were both ten and one at the time. He came in in like a fourteen to nothing hole after Favre got hurt. They need a game like that from Jordan Love before they could say with absolute certainty, "Okay, we want to give him the fifth year option, and even if Aaron comes back for another year, we want him on this team so he could potentially be the starter in twenty twenty four." Um, the problem is, is that they have to get an answer from Rogers. I would think this spring about whether he's going to play again before they have to commit on the fifth year option or not, because if, if Rogers quits, then I think it's a no brainer. 
because really, so even them, though you're saying, but but even though you're saying you don't even know if he's a backup, you're you're going to pay him first round money to to come back. I, I don't get that. Because otherwise, what are you doing? I mean, you go out and get someone. I mean, there's always. I mean, if you're saying there's always people who are legitimate backups, if not fringe starters. So if you're saying you don't even know if he's a legitimate backup, then there's better right, things that invested- are out there. You will have invested three full years. You will have seen improvement. And but that's a sunk Aaron Rodgers has decided to quit. But that's a sunk cost. If you think, if you think um, Sam Darnold at that point is better than, than Love, I don't understand why you'd, why you'd pay him that money and not just bring in Sam Darnold in that scenario. Oh. Or, or Marcus Mariota or whoever, or you know, Jameis Winston, if you could get him at that point, or whoever it might be. Well, because this guy's been in your system, you've seen improvement, and now you like him as opposed to how you felt about him before. But you're uh, still I, saying, Jason, you don't know that he's even a legit backup in this league. I, I mean, don't. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they see it differently. But, uh, again, I, I think it's important – and look, I don't know how much conversation you've had with all of our great teammates in Cleveland, but the the risk of going without someone that you even remotely believe in and you have to go out and do the things that that organization has done or any of these other teams. I mean, you bring up Sam Darnold. Look at what the Carolina Panthers have done, right? Like, look what they have done in their search for a quarterback. Now, it's possible that Jordan Love is not good enough. Right, just like Mitch Trubisky wasn't good enough in Chicago, and if Rodgers were to quit, and you aren't sure about whether Love's good enough, you could certainly not give him the fifth-year option, but then have him be your starter, which I don't think creates. You know, for those we all care about culture, right? Like, what culture does that create for your year after Aaron Rodgers if you have publicly stated with your contract decision? Yeah, you're going to be the starter this year because Aaron quit, but we don't know if you're any good or not, so we're not going to give you the fifth-year option. We don't even want to commit to you beyond this year, but you're our starter this year. You're our guy. And now you can argue that that's a great motivator, but that, to me, when you talk about where they would be salary cap-wise anyway – I would think that if Rodgers quit, they would give him the fifth-year option. Right, because if Rodgers quit, the amount of money that, especially with the salary cap continuing to go up, isn't that material. So it's you know you're saying even if it's just uh, the optics of it that you're giving, you're showing your fan base that we didn't waste this first-round pick, we haven't wasted the last three years of development, and we have a guy that we believe in to commit two years to him, even though if it doesn't work out, you you could always change that. After right. one year, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and and you're saying this improvement was from a game where he averaged 4.7 yards, uh, <laughs> you know, per attempt, which is not very good. Yeah, look, he was. He, I thought he was really good in the first half. I thought, you know, the one of his best throws was an incomplete pass, where he looked like he actually had some measure of calm. And uh, a plan when he started scrambling. He scrambled to his right. That was closed off. He scrambled to his left. He threw a ball to Patrick Taylor in the end zone that, as Aaron Rodgers likes to say, it's ours or no one's. He threw it in a spot where if Patrick Taylor could make a great toe-tip catch on the sideline, it's a touchdown. He wasn't able to, so it's incomplete. They're able to kick the field goal. I thought that showed a lot of growth. I thought his throw to Samari Toure was as good of a throw as I've seen him make. And he had made a similar throw to Toure in practice last week. Like, I, I see him, and, and people have heard me say this so many times, but the first year in camp, I saw him make one wow throw. Whereas I would always say that Rodgers would make one of practice, even when he was young and doing a bunch of stupid things and making a bunch of mistakes, he would make one wow throw. And I saw one all camp last year. I saw a few more last or two years ago. I saw a few more last year, but not a lot. This year, I've seen way more. And you know, the old homerism of I judge young players not what they do when they're bad, but when they're good. Eventually, that can't apply to him because obviously he won't be that young of a player anymore going into year four next year. But I have seen meaningful improvement. But again, I don't want anyone to think that now I think he's a 
ready to be a starter. And if Rodgers were to break his collarbone walking out his door this morning, that I would think that they could go the first eight games of the season and be a six and two, seven and one team with him as quarterback. It could happen, but he has not proven that to me by any means. All right, two uh, two less quickies on uh, on the current team. One, uh, will a rookie wide receiver be the leading be the leading receiver on this team this year? No, I think Alan Lazard will be, but you know that's a much longer debate that we don't have time for today because. I thought what I saw from Romeo Dobbs, again, drops, but also two catches that I don't know how many guys on their roster currently make. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to figure out a way to make it work with him. No matter how frustrated he is, no matter how imperfect he is, he's really talented. And uh, there was an interesting story in the Green Bay Press-Gazette this week that talked about how Dobbs wasn't even a wide receiver when he was being recruited by Oregon. coming out of high school in Los Angeles. He was, a, he was a corner. And I think he's still trying to figure out how to catch a football, like at the professional level. So I just think he's too darn talented. They have to find a lot of opportunities for him. If they have to alter the playbook to not demand as much so Aaron Rodgers doesn't you know, expect him to make a read on a defense and he makes the wrong one and it results in interception, that's fine. But he's got to be on the field. He's, he's a good player. All right, and then A.J. Dillon, is, is he a 1,000-yard running back this year, Run, just running? I know last year he was over 1,000 with rushing and receiving combined. Um, I, I, don't, I think it's more interesting to try and figure out if they're both going to be uh, well over 1,000 yards combined rushing and receiving. Like, Which uh, I think I they will, right? They already were last year. So the question is, I guess what I'm getting at is, is last year kind of how it settled in, or is Dylan still on the rise? That's what I'm trying to get at with the question. Oh, you know? I think he's I think he's on the rise. To answer that part of it, I, I think he's still got plenty more to go before his ceiling, and I think he can be a 1,000 yard rusher if they give him more carries. Right? Because like, last year was he was like 800. Yeah, last yeah, year. 803. Yep, 803 plus 313 receiving, so he was over a thousand, combi- over 1100 combined. So that's where it feels to me like if he's still on the rise, then that next, yeah, you know, that next pinnacle is that thousand yard rushing. So he told me that he and Aaron Jones want to get to 2500 combined yards, the two of them. Uh-huh. So, re- which I think is a really interesting number because you add the fact that Rodgers has said that. He thinks both those guys can catch 50 balls, which I think has only happened where two running backs on the same team have had 50 catches each, like six times in league history. So uh, you put all that together. I, I will say this. I don't think they care about how many of the yards come via the run versus the pass. I think they want to get both of those guys well over 1,000 yards because I think they feel like those two are by far their most uh, powerful offensive weapons beyond Rodgers. Yeah, makes sense. All right, so let's uh, let's look at it. The good karma era. So uh, oh twenty five years as of yesterday, back to nineteen ninety seven. We already went through baseball, and we decided that Ryan. And this all happened. This all started because Albert Pujols, what he did again last night, and we were like, God, mm-hmm. is there any player more associated over the last twenty five years with their team than Albert Pujols? Because I feel like he's played for all 25 of those years. Um, so, yeah, we, we figured out it's McCutcheon with the Pirates. It's Joey Votto with the Reds. It's, uh, it was Sammy Sosa with the Cubs. It was even uh, Lance Berkman with the Astros. Uh, remember, Jason, they were part of the division before they, uh, they left. It was uh, – who else did we miss there? I don't know. Whoever, what other, what, Kyle, what was the other team there from the uh, NL Central? That Houston was, Astros, Pittsburgh. Yeah, we got we got those. Cincinnati. We got them. You got Cubs. We got Cubs. Who'd you miss? We got Cardinals. I guess Pirates, that was everyone. Yeah. That was everyone. All right. So Jason, now as we look at football, um, I mean, we'll get it to the Packers last. Okay. If you start with the Lions, who do you look at as the signature player of the last twenty-five years for the Lions? Like I, Megatron and Barry Sanders yeah. both come to mind, right? But right. But are they? But, uh, was Herman Moore? When did? Yeah. When did when did Sanders retire? So it had to be toward the beginning of Good Karma. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he was. You know, now that I think about it, he was way, way, way early. Like he would have only played like one year 
Like, so he's not Correct. even in this conversation. It's got to be Megatron for me. I, I actually think it's got to be Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Right? Because Stafford yeah. played so much longer, right? So Megatron only played eight years. Stafford played over a decade. I don't know. I mean, sta- I mean, maybe that's some bias for me. So Calvin Johnson played 130 games. Stafford played or 135 games. Stafford 165. I think it's I think it's Calvin Johnson, right? Okay. I don't All, know. Right. All right. I'm glad I could turn you. Kyle, okay. Kyle, we need some tie breaking. Stafford or, or Megatron? Megatron. Okay. Megatron's our lion. All right. Where are we going next? We go to the Vikings. All right. So yes. And That's so, got to be Moss, right? It's got to be, right? It has to be Moss. Like, the the guy came in in 98, that rainy October night at Lambeau Field where he just embarrassed them on Monday Night Football. And then the following year, they were so overwhelmed by what he had done to them that Ron Wolf went corner, corner, corner with his first three picks. It uh, has to be him. Now, let me just throw this out. How about Adrian Peterson, though? Yeah, <laughs> Adrian that was, Peterson. That was my next pick. Was, right. I mean, uh, now, now, by the way, um, if you um, the the other guy who played a ton, I just don't know enough about him. You could tell me is Kevin Williams if he should be in the conversation. Uh, I don't think he was impactful enough, even though he's a great defensive tackle, to be in the conversation. It's got to be okay. So it's two. either Adrian Peterson or Randy Moss. God, they both. I feel like they played about the same amount of time, right? You know, because yeah, Peterson bounced I, I, around I, to I, other teams, but they both played about right. ten years. I wonder if Peterson actually played more games against the Packers. But look, the, he he was he was absolutely great. He had the year that he missed time with the ACL uh, in twelve when he won the MVP. He also, you know. Beat the Packers almost single-handedly in the Metrodome in the finale. Right, because Mo- Moss's best year was as a Patriot, right? You know, mm-hmm. his, his, right, or, twenty-three touchdowns. In yeah, seven. that was yep. close to. I mean, his rookie year and then that Patriots year. Uh, Kyle tiebreaker. Um, Kyle uh, tiebreaker. Uh, Moss or Peterson? I mean, Adrian Peterson did get injured by Al Harris, and then the next time he played him, he literally looked for him and ran him over like Waterboy because he was so mad at him. He felt like but Randy Moss was just incredible and insane what he was doing. So I had to go with Randy Moss. All right, Moss. Moss is that signature player. All right, so we got we got Megatron, we got Moss. Um, wait, the divisions uh, only have four teams now, so now we go to the Bears. Correct. Tampa Bay right. Buccaneers. Now we, oh, now, now we have. To, oh wait, I was the Buc- say the Buccaneers were still in the division. From what year? The, do you know what year? I think a realignment was two thousand two, if I remember correctly. So is that going to be Trent Dilfer, <laughs> who else was on that team? I was going to say Sap. You so tough. Put a jersey on. You got it, Jason. Yeah. Uh, Wait, so ninety-seven to oh two, red, uh, you know, Derek Brooks, uh, John Lynch. Yeah, I hate Sap, but it has to. I think it has to be Sap, especially given the argument he has with Sherman after the cheap shot on Clifton, and then the next year when I think they're already out of the division, that they go down there and uh, Tausch loves that story about how motivated they were to to get after them the next year. Like it's. I think it has to yeah. be Sap. I mean, and I think it really may be Derek Brooks, but I, Sap was just, I mean, middle line, like linebackers just don't stand out enough. So I'll, I'll go well, with, I'll go with well, you Well, but then when we do the Bears, doesn't it have to be Erlacher, middle linebacker? Seems racist to me. I'm just saying. Like, Erlacher stands out in a way that Brooks doesn't. So I don't know. No, er- Erlacher has a chance I mean, to beat it, the Packers in the NFC Championship game if Rodgers doesn't trip him. Right, but what about and, I mean but wasn't Lance Briggs kind of pretty much just as good over that same period of time? He was a no, he was no? a terrific player, but he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. And Rodgers and Erlacher would have legendary battles of wits. Yes. In terms of changing the calls. So that's why I would pick him and and because offensively, like, and you're you know, saying the Bears you, didn't have anyone because I'm saying Derek Brooks to me was as good as Erlocker, but yeah. but no, no, you're no. saying it's Sap is the Bears better. Have no one else to debate, right? To you're, yeah, you're saying because Matt Forte or Jay Cutler, like, there's no one else in the conversation there. 
Right. Like Cutler, I guess, would be next. But the Packers own them for so much. I mean, Rodgers' line notwithstanding, like Lance Briggs is a terrific player. But he played a position where it wasn't quite the same impact on the game when we're talking about Rodgers going back and forth with Erlacher and Erlacher's playing the NFC Championship game. Can you put a center in that mix? Olin Krutz? Olin Krutz? But the the other guy that I would have put in there, and then he ends up being a Packer, is Julius Peppers. Right, like, who's good there's for a hit that Julius four, three, Peppers four years. Puts on Rogers. Right, exactly. And then he's also the guy that Kuhn picks up to allow the pass to, to Randall Cobb to be made in 2013 that obviously allows them to make I feel the like Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack is pretty similar to Peppers, I would say, right? Where he had three, right. four but years Peppers, there. Yeah, yeah um, and, and I think you could argue Peppers was better during his time, even though he was disappointing. Bears fans. Other guy I would just say from this time, just because I love him, is uh, Peanut Tillman, right? He was he now was. Now that now that you could now there's an argument that I would be willing to listen to, even against Urlacher, over Briggs even, just because he was like a a Packers killer and a guy who just always seemed to force turnovers. And if they were going to have a chance to win a game against the Packers, he usually had to force a fumble or pick a well, pass. But isn't it weird, like, you'd watch, go into these games thinking he might do that, and then you'd go out of the games thinking, like, why doesn't every player just get taught to do that? Like, why is he right. able to do that and everyone else isn't doing it? Kyle just said Devin Hester also. Um, you know, he had a little, he had his uh, flash. I don't know if, uh, you know, enough. And I don't know that against the Packers, like, you know, but he, he had his Super Bowl moment, you know. So, all right. So we got, we're going Megatron, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, and, um, and Urlacher. And then finally the Green Bay Packers. I think it's Rodgers in a route over Favre, right? Those are the only two you could consider. And it's just Favre, you know, had had too many of his years, including his Super Bowl, before the company started, right? So, so, so it's clearly Rodgers uh, on the Packers. And it's clearly Jason Wildey, who uh, congratulations <laughs> on an additional affiliate on the Wildey and Tausch Network. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle, do you know about this? The Wildey and Tosh Network. I don't know. Did I get an email about this? Oh, I mean, this is big news. I don't feel like I missed the breaking news. I, I heard the, about the, uh, the the station expanding, but... ESPN 1430 yes. is now Wildey and Tosh can be heard in Beaver Dam oh, so and you the call surrounding it, so, areas. So, they're called the, so that is now going to be Wildey and Tosh Network. Uh, well, I don't know if it's actually called that. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but Scalzo and Brust and Wildey and Tosh now heard on 1430, the, kind of the signature, just go back, 25 years, the signature original foundational radio station of this company, Jason uh, and uh, Tausch, you are now heard on. Congratulations, Jason. And you will be heard tomorrow as we launch in Beaver Dam on our program across the, I, I'm not ready to call it a network yet, but across ESPN Wisconsin, which includes Madison, Milwaukee, and now Beaver Dam. So Craig's going to join us tomorrow to talk a little bit more about it and the history in Beaver Dam. Uh, you know how much I love Beaver Dam. It's, uh, it's, I know how important it is to this company, and we're really excited. Uh, for years, I was on the Wacky Morning Show with Rick Arman and the whole crew. Yep. First time I ever talked to Jesse Nelson on the air, so I'm really excited to be back in Beaver Dam. I know we've got a lot of fans there. Well, congrats, Jason, and we can uh, check Jason out at Jason J. Wildey on Twitter. Thanks so much, Jason. All right, guys. Take care. Be good. And uh, Jason is uh, actually second to uh, Tim Van Vorn in uh, Packers uh, analyst for uh, Good Karma over those years. Sorry, Jason. I waited to say that until he was off the air. Just really close. Uh, just edged out by Tim Van Vorn. All right, we have our 7 and 11. Uh, it is a Packer theme, 25 year themed as we continue. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com.